Welcome to Inclusion Matters, produced by the Center for Inclusive Child Care, aka the CICC. We're located at inclusivechildcare.org. Welcome to Inclusion Matters, the podcast of the Center for Inclusive Child Care. I'm Cindy Croft, Director of the CICC, and I'm here again with Priscilla Weigel, one of our inclusion consultants. Welcome, Priscilla. Thanks for having me. This is, um, this is our third now um, in a series on mm-hmm. sharing concerns with families, and it's something both you and I are very passionate about, this Definitely. topic. Right, and, and we're passionate about supporting providers in doing this because our goal is early intervention. Exactly. You know, at the Center for Inclusive Child Care, that's really the foundation of everything we do is making sure that children are getting what they need to become fabulous, healthy human beings. And so if we help providers feel equipped and confident with this skill, it's, it's really going to be so fabulous for kids. Exactly. And, and maybe we should even say at the get-go that we can um, be available Definitely. through email, mm-hmm. um, regardless if people are listening outside of Minnesota, um, for information or um, some kind of technical assistance. And we also have other resources on our website in our learning center mm-hmm. that elaborate more on both sharing concerns with families and on red flags for developmental mm-hmm. concerns. And those are that is a good place to go for some really in-depth information. Mm-hmm. about what we're talking about today. Yeah. But we want to really um, now get into a little more information about we've set the stage um, in terms of getting ourselves ready as the provider or the early educator for mm-hmm. having this conversation with the family. Um, and we've invited the family with the positive sandwich. So yeah. they know that we want to talk to them. Right. And so now I think it would be helpful to people who are listening if we just shared some maybe basic guidelines sure. for we're having the conference in a private mm-hmm. place that's uh, quiet and it's not off-putting. We've Hopefully it's comfortable. Right, chairs are appropriate height exactly. so that their knees aren't, aren't at their chin. Exactly, and um, maybe we've done some things to make them feel comfortable. Maybe we've got some coffee or mm-hmm. whatever whatever it is that we've, we're making sure they're comfortable and we're comfortable mm-hmm. because that's an important part as well. Mm-hmm. It's okay to feel some nerves here, but we want to make sure that we're feeling as comfortable as possible. And so... We're going to start to express the concerns with the family. Mm -hmm. And how would you start, Priscilla? Well, I think looking at it as a conversation, not as a lecture or as me telling them what is wrong, but as a conversation with someone that trusts me and respects me that I trust and respect as well. So um, just reassuring them that this is just between us. This is a confidential conversation. This is something that, you know, they can feel open to share their concerns about things that they have, and we can kind of have that give and take back and forth that it's not going to be something that's just going to be, you know, known by everyone. And um, and then using those specific examples. You know, I've, I've spent time as a provider documenting and keeping track of their child's development. So I'm going to share positive things that their child is accomplishing, accomplishing based on that developmental scale and milestones that I know as a professional. And also I'm going to give those positive sandwich concerns mm-hmm. and in those non-judgmental objective comments as we talked about in our um, an earlier podcast too, just looking at not making those assumptions of um, labeling a child's 
behaviors, instead stating things concretely as developmental were using developmental wording. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talked about the fact that I think you were you used an example of play skills, and we used you know solid uh, your child is spending time in solitary play versus you know four and five year olds at this stage oftentimes have moved into cooperative play. They're starting to you know look at that type of play. So using using those types of things, um, and then go ahead. Well, I, I just wanted to add. I think you've made two really great points about both the confidentiality piece and having the actual recording recorded information with the family, because I do think that a concern families bring to the table is. Will everyone know now mm-hmm. that you think there's something going on with my child? Mm-hmm. That's huge. Mm-hmm. And we want to allay that right away right. so that families know that what I share with you is between us. And and it's for the family to take farther, really, right, right. or further, really. Mm-hmm. And, and what I know about another family is between me and that family Definitely. or staff in that family. Mm-hmm. That's a very, very important concern for families. Mm-hmm. And if their child does end up being assessed and diagnosed with a disability, it will be an ongoing concern of theirs. Definitely. And that's something we want to really honor. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think even speaking to that, just actually using the language of we will honor confidentiality is is very important. Very so I'm glad that you brought that up. And I think, again, those written, uh, having the actual documentation there mm-hmm. adds credibility to what you're saying to the family because they know that you've taken the time. Mm-hmm. And again, you said in the last podcast, we're professionals. Yes. And they need to, they know that, but this reinforces. Right. This is part of what we do. Mm-hmm. We we track development. Mm-hmm. And so I think that really adds credibility to the conversation and should give the early educator again a little more confidence sure. in entering this conversation. In that level of professionalism. Exactly. And professionalism aside, we need to be human. Exactly. We need to understand that we are talking about a child of you know that belongs to this family their precious little one you know they think is fabulous and we think that too so we want to re reinforce those feelings for families we want to understand that this is this is a scary situation i met with a preschool teacher and some parents about a month ago now and the the mom came to the meeting crying. She was scared. Mm-hmm. She was scared to sit down. And I just, you know, I just put my arm around her and I said, you know what, we're going to talk about your child and all the things that that means. Meaning good things and things that maybe we need to help them work on a little bit. That's great. But it doesn't mean right. that there's something terribly awful here. Really, at this stage, we are often the very first people that bring concerns to the forefront mm-hmm. because we are early childhood folks. We spend time with little kids who oftentimes maybe are an only child and their parents mm-hmm. don't know, wow, two-year-olds really should be doing this or three-year-olds aren't supposed to be doing that. You know, and, and so... We have to really understand that, that they, they're they not avoiding the topic. In many cases, they just don't know. They exactly. maybe don't have an idea of where their child's supposed to be. And so being human takes on just this huge emphasis for us. I think that is such a great point. And when you think about a child who's 
you may be looking at their social emotional development so it may be some kind of behavior challenge that we might be talking about mm-hmm. that then uh, I think we need to really think about our attitude coming in and that being human and thinking about what the family is hearing and how we would feel if we were hearing it and really how we're filtering it because sometimes a child with some behavior challenges and and whether they're developmental or they're not developmental we don't know yet um, because the child hasn't been screened Mm -hmm. but um, sometimes the person working with the child may have worked up some attitudes. Yes, right. And we have to be so careful. Mm-hmm. That's. I'm not saying it's not difficult. No, it's hard. And to step back and say, is this child choosing this behavior or is it a, something that it's trying to tell me they really are having a challenge with because they can't do it? Mm-hmm. And that... that that definition of, or the the attitude of thinking a child is just defiant, when mm-hmm. really they're just building coping skills exactly. to get through the day because exactly. this day is hard. Mm-hmm. And so having that understanding with families, and, and as you're saying, the way that I present information is so important that I'm not just coming off as, I think your child's a stinker, right. but I'm saying, wow, this seems like a really tough part of the day for, for your child. What can we do? Let's talk about it. Let's brainstorm together. And that's another thing, too, when you're human and and you have that respect with that family and that that foundational trust, you're going to be working together as a team, not sitting at one side of the table. And that's, I mean, looking back at the environment, we talked a little bit about that earlier, setting the stage. How am I sitting? Am I sitting me against you? Mm -hmm. So I'm across from those, those parents and I have my arms crossed and, you know, how, what is my body language like? I always like to try to, you know, if, if at all possible, try not to have a, a table to sit around because what happens is it, it happens naturally. The parents are going to sit on one side together, and you're going to end up on the other side, even though you may have tried to orchestrate it differently. Mm-hmm. But if you can just have it more casual where you're sitting in a grouping of chairs and you're just looking at them eye to eye, you know, it's, it's okay. And then if that, if that parent starts to cry or looks like they're overwhelmed, you can put your hand on their knee and just say, you know what? We're all in this together. Exactly. We want what's best for your child. That's why I'm here. Mm-hmm. It's going to be okay. We're going to figure it out together. We're going to figure it out together so that I don't say, I have all the answers, and here, you go fix it. Because that's overwhelming for a parent. Exactly. To have that being dumped on them. When they're thinking, what? I didn't even think anything was wrong. What do you right. mean? I'm supposed to fix this? Yikes. That's another great reason to, again, we kind of... We're sort of selling this, I guess, uh, notion uh, strongly of uh, observation and recording um, because it's so important. But from doing it from the very beginning, um, because if if a if an early educator waits, sometimes they can almost wait too long, mm-hmm. and then this conversation is sometimes almost too late mm-hmm. because they're they're sort of at the end right right of where they even want to look for solutions yes whereas if they've been recording all along and seeing let's say again a because we're looking often when this is the case of social emotional issues mm-hmm. but it could be a, a speech um, mm-hmm. delay that has 
resulted in some behavior challenges, sure. but we don't know it's a speech delay. Mm-hmm. We, we're not, or, or a hearing mm-hmm. uh, impairment that we haven't, hasn't been recognized. So it's manifesting itself in, again, a behavior challenge of some sort. And, and if we've been recording all along, then if we can nip that early and work with the family early. But sometimes things go, if somebody isn't a, uh, observing a recording, they haven't caught that right. sooner right. than the behaviors have escalated. Yeah, and then sometimes we do see these conferences where they almost are more confrontational right. than what we're talking about, which is let's make this work right. for everybody, right. so we can continue this consistent mm-hmm. care for the child. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. So, what else do you have for us, Priscilla, as we kind of wrap up this wonderful conversation? Well, we talked earlier in our previous podcast about having those resources available and making sure that if you are going to recommend a screening, that you have the numbers there. And also, you know, if you feel that maybe the child has already been screened and the the parents have come back to you and said, oh, passed with flying colors, everything's great, and you still feel like, wow, I was kind of hoping that would be the the way to get that child services, but you know what? I guess it's not going to happen right now. How am I going to meet this child's needs? What am I going to do about those behaviors that are challenging? Mm-hmm. That really, maybe that child has just built in as coping skills because they're overwhelmed by everything that's going on in the classroom. So really, I'm not meeting their needs where they need to be met. I need to figure that out. And so say, having that conversation with the parent right there in that setting is great because you're going to need that parent to be doing the same things at home because we want consistency between home and and child care. And also, once back again, you know, back into that never diagnosing, never using those terms that are saying, I've got all the answers and we've already got your child all figured out. Exactly. You know, that's not our job. Our job is to help them navigate that path to getting getting concrete answers. If we feel that what we're doing by providing developmentally appropriate care on a daily basis, looking at their development by recording and documenting, all those things are not working to help that child have great days, then we need to work with that family to get to that next step. Exactly. We're not going to just dump it in their lap. So that's really important. And I think, you know... Um, we're going to talk about that, too, in, in one of our next segments. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think probably the last thing that we really want to talk about is um, helping the family because we realize whatever comes from our the meeting, um, the family has a lot to think about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is... We'll end today's podcast with a, with a great conversation. I think we've given people a lot to think about mm-hmm. and in terms of really having that conversation. But we want to spend some more time thinking about the family now, Their, the whole process of grief, mm-hmm. perhaps, and that loss of dreams. Um, because they're going to go back now, whether they continue with a referral uh, to screening or assessment, or whether they just go back with our information and they mull around with it. Mm -hmm. They look at their child, perhaps. Maybe they decide right now they're going to just sit on the information or maybe they go forward. Mm -hmm. Either way now, we've started something 
for them. Mm -hmm. And so in our next podcast, we really want to talk about uh, something we really need to be sensitive to, and that is this whole process called the loss of dreams. Mm -hmm. So thank you again, Priscilla, so much for your expertise. Oh, well, it's fun to be here. And thank you all for listening. And uh, this is, uh, we will continue this conversation in our next podcast. That's all for now. See you next time.